Well, I'm in a series of sermons on uh, break, breaking free from the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups that, uh, that mess up your life. Before I get into day, today's sermon, let me just uh, spend a moment sharing with you what I've been going through. Over the last several months, I'm meeting with a group of pastors from various states, and, and what we're doing is just sitting down talking about uh, how our churches can be better churches in the kingdom and how we can reach people and, and grow. And one of the questions that's been raised is, why? Why do, does your church exist? Why does your church do what it does? Why do you do what you do as the pastor or the leader of that church? And uh, so this past month I've been consumed with that thought and trying to come up with a, with a very simple answer to it because I'm kind of a simple guy. And what I've come up with so far I think is, is, is I think a pretty good reason of why Kavanaugh Church exists and why I preach sermons like I'm going to preach to you today. And it's simply this. You matter to God. Okay? That's why we're here as a church because people matter to God. And I care about you. And I know God cares about you. And, and God doesn't want you to live your life doing the same old things that you've done and keep making the same old mistakes that you've been making and just keep messing your life up. There's something better for you, all right? God has something better for you. And so I'm preaching this series on breaking free from the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups that are messing up your life. And today I want to talk about uh, just a great subject that I've, I've, been, I've been putting this subject off. Really, I have. This message has been on the back burner. But it's entitled this, Putting an End to Procrastination. All right? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to put an end to procrastination. You may say, well, preacher, that's not biblical. Oh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. It certainly is. Procrastination is a universal problem. Most of us know what we need to do. We just keep putting it off. The problem with procrastination is that it becomes a way of life. The more you do it, the better you become at it. Huh? Some people are professional procrastinators. Huh? Now, I've done extensive research on the subject, and I've come up with a portrait of the procrastinator. You might say that a procrastinator is somebody with a weight problem. Four of you got it, all right? W-A-I-T, weight problem, all right? Here's the mindset. Would you all loosen up? Come on now. Here's the mindset of a procrastinator. It's phase one. I'm going to start early this time. How many of you have ever said that, all right? I'm going to start early this time. Phase two, I've got to start soon. Phase three, I should have started sooner. Phase four, there's still time to do it. Phase five, what is wrong with me? Phase six, I can't wait any longer. Phase seven, just get it done. Phase eight, next time I'll start earlier. All right? And then the cycle just repeats itself over and over again. So here's a little jingle for you. Procrastination is my sin. It only brings me sorrow. I know that I should give it up. In fact, I will. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. All right. Y'all are so good. Well, the Bible has a whole lot to say about this subject of procrastination. In fact, I want to begin with James chapter 4, verse 17. Here's what James says, chapter 4, verse 17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. 
Therefore, I know the things I ought to do. I know what I need to be doing. I know what I've been putting off. I know what needs to be done. But sometimes I don't do those things. Other times I know the things that I shouldn't do. (laughs) Sometimes I do those things. But I procrastinate on the things that I really want to change in my life. And why is that? Well, today we're going to look at the causes of procrastination, the cost of procrastination, and then the cure for procrastination. So let's don't put it off any longer, all right? Are you ready? Here we go. Number one, the causes of procrastination. I think the key to overcoming procrastination is to understand why I do it. Why am I a procrastinator? The Bible says you procrastinate for one of four reasons, maybe a combination of a couple of them. Number one, indecision. Indecision is a cause of procrastination. James chapter 1, verse 8, a double-minded man (laughs) is unstable in all of his ways. I think I can best illustrate this to you. How many of you have ever been to a restaurant, let's say with your family, the waiter or the waitress comes, they, they take your drink order, you tell them what you want to drink, then they come back with the drink order and say, okay, are you ready to order now? And somebody in your family, somebody at your table says, I just can't decide, could you come back later? Now my family understands we, we don't do that. Because here's what I've learned, lo, these many years of eating out, if you say that, To that waiter or waitress, you're not going to see him for 30 minutes. Am I right? So just make something up, you know, just just point at something. But indecision, indecision. Indecision causes you to postpone buying a car or choosing a college or getting married or buying new clothes or changing a job or fixing what's messed up in your life, all right? The second cause of procrastination is perfectionism. Ecclesiastes 11.4 out of the Living Bible says, If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. How about an amen? Amen. If you wait for things to be perfect, you're going to wait a long, long time. You don't have the time or the money for the condition to be perfect for you to do what needs to be done. We're going to have kids one of these days, preacher, as soon as we get everything in order, and as soon as we get enough money, you're never going to have kids. Amen? I mean, that's just the way it works. Perfectionism. The third cause of procrastination, the Bible says, is fear. Fear. Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man is a trap. When I'm afraid, I put things off. How many of you have been postponing going to the dentist? Because you're afraid of that grinding noise that happens in your mouth. Or having that needed surgery. Or getting marriage counseling. Or making that sales call. Or sharing your faith with someone at school or work. You need to ask yourself, what am I really afraid of? Because fear will cause procrastination. Number four, fourth reason is laziness. Just pure old laziness. Proverbs 13, 4. The soul of a lazy man desires and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. Wow. Really, we we have developed a a generation of lazy people. 
Our generation has a very low tolerance for pain. We're a nation of couch potatoes. One of the most popular words in American culture today is the word easy. If it's easy, we like it. If it's hard, we don't like it. Come on, right? But can you imagine a bestseller being the 10 most difficult steps to change your life? (laughs) Who would want to buy that? Or 15 difficult and hard ways to get in shape. I don't want that. Give me five easy ways, amen? Where I don't have to change my diet. If it's easy, we like it. If it's hard, we don't like it. These four things will cause you to put off things that need to be done in your life. Now, I've talked enough about that. Let's talk about the cost of procrastination. What does it cost? Well, there's a couple of misconceptions about procrastination. When you procrastinate, you are saying to yourself, it's easier to avoid this than to face this. And that's not true. Another thing that we say is, it will be easier to handle this tomorrow than today. And that's wrong as well. It causes great problems in your life when you keep putting things off. And the Bible tells us there is a cost to procrastination. What is the cost? Three things. Number one, it's going to cause problems in your life. If you keep putting things off, it's going to cause problems. Proverbs 15, 19 out of the Good News Translation says, and I love this, if you're lazy, you'll meet difficulty everywhere. And that is so true. I shouldn't go here. But it's in my notes and I guess I'm going to have to, I wrote it, so I guess I'm going to have to own up to it. But I'm really needing support when I say this, okay? So let me ask you guys, men who are here today. How many of you have some home repairs that need to be done in your house, but you've just been putting them off? Can I see your hand? Man enough to raise your hand. Come on, be man enough, raise your hand. We got some liars and some wimps. Come on! Yeah, Angie, see, I'm not the only one, all right? I'm not the only one. But, but you know what? We keep putting things off. You know, here's the deal. They're not magically going to fix themselves. They're only going to get worse. You're going to go home one day and the, and the roof is going to fall in. Yeah? Procrastination takes a problem and turns it into a crisis. And the longer you wait to start, the harder it becomes to begin. It just causes problems. So I talked about home repairs. Let let me expand that a little bit. How many of you have heart repairs that need to be made and you've just been putting it off? Let me just get real specific here. In your own family, under your own roof, there's, there's contention, there's problems between you and your spouse or between you and your children or your children and the parents. And, and you, just, you know there's a problem, you know it needs to be fixed, but you just keep putting it off because you don't want to deal with it today. You think it might get better. It's not going to get better until you fix it. The second cost to procrastination is it wastes opportunities. Proverbs 20 verse 4 out of the Living Bible, If you won't plow in the winter... You won't eat at the harvest. 
Isn't that a great verse? Yeah. I, I come up with some more sayings. I read some more sayings that kind of go along with that. Make hay while the sun is still shining. You know that one? When opportunity knocks, open the door. Or take advantage while you've got it. If you don't, you'll miss it. It was Whittier who said, The saddest words of tongue and men are, It might have been. How many of you ever said, If only? If only. Procrastination ruins opportunities. Here's the one I love to say all the time. You snooze, you lose. Y'all know that. How in the world did that get all the way from West Texas to Arkansas? I mean, we invented that saying in West Texas. You snooze, you lose. So there it is. It wastes opportunities. Number three, the cost of procrastination. It hurts people. It hurts other people. Procrastination hurts the people who are around you. Here's what I know about love. Love requires commitment. Love requires energy. Love requires work. It is easier to be lazy than it is to be loving. Many marriages break up because the root cause is pure, unadulterated laziness. Both partners knew exactly what needed to be done to make their marriage better, but neither one was willing to put forth the effort. Here's what they said, I want my marriage to get better, but I'm not willing to work at it. Maybe if I just wait, it will get better. That is called procrastination. You know what? It hurts people. So here it is. We've talked about the cause. We've talked about the cost. Let's, let's talk about the cure for procrastination. I have three things I want you to write down, okay? Three cures for procrastination. First one's real simple. Just stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. Proverbs 22, verse 13 out of the Living Bible. The lazy man or woman is full of excuses. Have you ever noticed that other people make excuses? We have reasons. Hmm? Well, I found a list of excuses that people had sent into their insurance company. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Because of the accident that they were involved in, they caused. Okay, here again, listen, this is, these are excuses, real people sent to insurance companies because of their accident. Like number one, here's what this guy wrote. Going home from work, I drove into the wrong house and collided with a tree I don't have. <laughs> they get better. Number two, the guy was all over the road. I had to swerve a number of times before I hit him. <laughs> number three, as I pulled away from the side of the road, I glanced at my mother-in-law and headed over the embankment. <laughs> every time, Jason. Jason said, that'll do it. I said, every time, yeah. Number four, in my attempt to kill a fly, I drove into a telephone pole. Fifth excuse that is given, please listen to this one, okay, and just use your imagination. I was on my way to the doctor's with rear-end trouble.
I was on my way to the doctors with rear-end trouble when my universal joints gave way, causing me to have an accident. It was his car that had the rear-end trouble, all right? Because I know some of you are stumped on that one. It was the car. Number six, I had been driving my car for 40 years when I fell asleep at the wheel and had an accident. Number seven, the telephone pole was approaching fast. I attempted to swerve off its path when it struck my front end. And then number eight, the pedestrian had no idea which way to go. So I ran over him. Oh, my goodness. What is your excuse? Really, what is your excuse? What have you been saying one of these days? And you keep making excuses. Again, the Bible says the lazy man is full of excuses. It was Ben Franklin who said, People who are good at making excuses are rarely good at anything else. We become pros at it. So what is your excuse for procrastinating and putting off what needs to be changed in your life? Number two, establish a plan. Okay, Stop making excuses. And number two, make a plan. Proverbs 13, 16 says, A wise man plans ahead, but a fool doesn't. If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. You need to designate some specific time slots each week to do those things that you've just been putting off. You block it out. If you want to spend more time with your husband or your wife or your kids, you know what? You need to put it on your calendar. You need to schedule it. If you don't write it down, chances are you're not going to do it. Some of you say, well, I'll do it when I have the time. <laughs> you don't have the time. You've got to make time. You've got to schedule it. The Bible says a wise man plans ahead. So if I'm not planning ahead, that means that I'm not a wise man. Or to put it in Arkansas lingo, I'm dumb. Really, I'm living dumb if I'm not planning my life out. When you go with the flow, you're always drifting downhill. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 16 out of the good news says, Live like wise men. Make good use of every opportunity. I heard about this guy who memorized over a thousand Bible verses when he was stopped at red lights. Think about that. Talk about making good use of your time. What do you do when you're stopped at a red light? Yell at people? <laughs> Yell at the light? This guy memorized Bible verses. It's just making good use of every opportunity. Those big tasks that you need to start, just break them down into bite-sized pieces. You write a book, one page at a time. A journey of a thousand miles... Begins with the first step. How, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So plan your life out. Establish a schedule. The Bible says wise men plan and they make good use of every opportunity. 
Uh, one of my mentors told me a long time ago, Will, you need to plan your work and work your plan. Plan your work, work your plan. And then number three, the, the most important step that you take is this. You start today. You start today. Not next month, not next week, not tomorrow. You start right now. Whatever it is you're going to do, you need to do it now. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 1, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day will bring forth. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. I am reminded every week that my life could change just like that. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. You say, well, I'll do it someday. Someday is today. One of these days is none of these days. So do it today. Start right now. I've heard people say all my life, well, I'm aiming to change. Well, when are you going to pull the trigger? Really, you've been aiming for years. Let's do it. Three words that will change your life. Do it now. Do it now. Now, I've said all that to say this to you and then maybe another thing. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to write this down on your bulletin or a piece of paper or wherever, whatever you have. Write this down. I want you to think about, about what God wants you to do in four areas of your life that you've been putting off. Okay? The first area of your life is in your family life. What one thing do you know that God wants you to do in your family? Okay? I mean, it could, be, it could be a zillion different things, you know? But what is it God wants you to do in your family that you've been putting off? The second area is your personal life. One thing that you've always wanted to start doing in your personal life that you've just been putting off. Again, it could be a zillion different things. It could be to finish your education, to get a degree, to, to you know... <laughs> hate to say it, but to exercise, you know, or, or do something like that. What one thing do you want to do that you need to do that you've just not been doing? The third area is your career, your job. What do I know I need to be doing at work? What is piling up in my life at work right now? Really, I think one way you can answer that is, what is the one thing you dread every morning about getting up and going to work for? What, what is it at work that you dread, that you need to fix, that you need to get better? And then fourth and most importantly, what do you need to do for God and His kingdom? What one thing do you need to do for the Lord? Now, you know when you start that? Today. Today, right now. Not tomorrow, not next week, today. NASA tells us that the greatest amount of energy that is required in getting a rocket off the pad is takeoff. Most of the energy is spent right there at takeoff, liftoff. After it's in orbit, it's a cinch. The initial thrust of getting started. So I want to help you today. We're going to do it together. We're going to get going today. Amen? I need some cheerleaders up here. <laughs> Let's get going today. If you can only work on your go for 15 minutes a day, you need to start today and work on it every day. Now, is it going to be easy? No, it's probably not. That's why you've been putting it off. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not grow weary in well-doing or in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. Jesus never said life was going to be easy. There is going to be sacrifice involved and commitment involved. 
But there is a tremendous reward when we push through those barriers that have been holding us back and keeping us from doing what we need to do. So what is it that needs changing in your life? What is it that you've been putting off? What's it going to take to get you in gear today? God says, let me help you. Okay, God wants to help you. The starting point is to get God's power in your life. That's been the underlying theme of all these sermons I've preached on breaking free. In order to make a change in your life, you need a power source that is greater than yourself. And God makes His power available. When we humble ourselves before God, He gives us grace. And that grace is the power to change. The biggest mistake in life is delaying and putting off committing your life to Jesus Christ. I don't really know anybody who doesn't eventually plan to get their life right with God. Well, I've got good intentions. Can I tell you, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So many people intend to get their life and their act together. Well, why not do it today? One of these days is none of these days. Someday is today. Now, I've said everything that I've said so far to get to this last statement, this sentence that I want to share with you. The Bible, from cover to cover, always challenges us to act in the present. For example, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, the Bible says, Today, right now, this day is the day of salvation. It's today. Today, God is offering you salvation. If you've never received that gift, if you've never opened your life up to Christ, today He is offering you the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind. Salvation. You can be set free from all the hurts and the habits and the hang-ups that have been messing up your life. Receive His gift today. Now some of you have been thinking about that for weeks or months or even years. What are you waiting on? Today is the day of salvation. Many of you have already made that initial commitment. You are a Christian, but here's what you've been saying. You know, someday, one of these days, I'm really going to get involved in church. One of these days, I'm really going to get involved in God's kingdom. One of these days, I'm going to start tithing. One of these days, I'm going to start reading my Bible. One of these days, I'm really going to live for the Lord. I'm going to stop doing all those bad things that are displeasing to God. I'm going to lay them aside. One of these days, I'm really going to work on my marriage. Someday, I'm going to clean up my life. When? When are you going to do that? What's your excuse for not doing it right now? Listen to me. You are as close to God as you want to be. So I invite each of you to say today, Jesus Christ, help me to quit procrastinating my life and to make it count. Because you see, here's the deal. When we delay, life just whizzes on by. If there's something you're going to do with your life, you need to start doing it 
today. Don't wait another minute. Because you know what? You don't know what tomorrow will hold. You don't even know if you have tonight. So start today. God, I want to start right now. God, I'm going to give you my life right now. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, come and do it today. If you're a Christian and you're here today and you're away from God, you know, don't, don't keep putting off coming back to God. He, he's waiting for you. You know what He's going to do when you do come back to Him? Jesus told us a parable about it. The, the prodigal son. What, what did the father do when the prodigal son, who had been gone, wasting all of that inheritance on wild living, what did the father do? He ran towards him. He embraced him. He gave him a robe. He killed the fatted calf. He put a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet. He welcomed him home. And God will do the same with you. Whatever it is that the Lord is speaking into your heart and mind right now, saying, hey, you've been putting that off long enough. Do it today. Will you come this morning and commit that to the Lord?